Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Juice. Yeah, that loss sucked. But I think we made the most of it in this podcast. So please check it out. And also, because you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, can you stop what you're doing right now and give us a five-star review? All that does is help our channel grow and more and more people find out about this podcast. Thanks for the support. Now let's start the show. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome to the Deuce and Mo podcast. Recording this on a Tuesday night. Late on a Tuesday night. Second night of a back-to-back. And oh. It was just yesterday. The Kings set a franchise record with 25 made threes. And they were seeking revenge tonight against a Clippers team that came to Sacramento and beat them up on the second eye of a back-to-back the last time they met. So what was in store tonight? A beatdown. Kings (laughs) knocked down 10 threes in this game. Couldn't get any stops. The Clippers pretty much had them done by like, I don't know, nine minutes to go in the second quarter. They dominate this game and beat Sacramento 119-99. to Kings have had three back-to-backs this year. They have lost every game on the second night of a back-to-back this season, and they really haven't been close. I'm Deuce Mason in Sacramento. Morgan Reagan in San Francisco at the NBC Sports California Studios, where she hosted pre and post tonight with WNBA icon Chelsea Gray. Of course, each and every one of our podcasts presented by friends for Northwest Exteriors. Check out their website, northwestexteriors.com. Morgan Reagan, how you doing? Come on. Okay. That's the question. You're right. That's... Oh, wait. Here, I know how I'm doing. What? what? Just getting <laughs> My, prop comic. You had a prop. You did a your puke sound wasn't that great. Didn't come up well off your computer audio. Could have been better. I didn't commit to it. Sorry. Yeah, next time commit to the bit. Okay. Morgan, I have so many thoughts on tonight's game. <sighs> My first one tonight. I am just so frustrated by how they're playing in losses this year. 
you know, Thank you. sometimes you have a game like this and a coach will come up post game and they say, hey, you got to flush this one down the toilet. You got to flush this one. Player says in the locker, you just got to flush this one and move on. If you tried to flush this one tonight, imagine this. And we've all been, Morgan's been there, I'm sure, many times. You go yep. to flush and you're like, oh, no, trouble is brewing. All of a sudden, you got your pants, your ankles, and you're like, oh, where's the plunger? And they're like, oh, it's in the garage. How do I get that? I got to go get it. And somehow you get it, and then you come back, and, and then you hit the flush again, and then it's like, oh, no, it's rising. It's about to go over the ball. You're going to panic. You're going to panic. This one doesn't flush. That's how I felt about this one tonight because it's not the first time, Morgan Reagan, that they've had a game like this. This has been a theme this year. You don't flush this one. You don't want to flush this one. You need to stare at it for a second. Morgan? That was so descriptive. Like, I, I'm just, I think we're all on the same boat when I say, did that or ask, did that recently happen to you? No, it, that didn't, was... rec it didn't recently happen. And I, I get the chat. They're saying gross. Did you watch the game tonight? It was gross. Okay. You want a better analogy? You want a better analogy? Oh, please. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you have? Well, as most of you guys know, I've been on this journey of going to therapy a couple times a month since August. Oh, so where is this going? <laughs> join me on this conversation. You know, and one of the things my therapist has encouraged me to do is, you know, to tap into childhood deuce a little bit. And I was thinking about this tonight about the Kings, about how this year's team reminds me of my dad. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. And hear me out. Hear me it's, out. That's I don't like this comparison. When the Kings are good this year, <laughs> they're good. It's fun. It gives you hope like. Maybe this team can go further than you think. Maybe it's different than last year. Maybe they're better. But then they have a game like tonight. When my dad was out of prison, great dad. Oh, we're going to the movies. We're going to the card shop. I'd be like, man, I think I might be moving in with him soon. This is great. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he didn't show up on a Saturday. Oh, okay. Well, it's all right. Next week, next week. Then it's not showing up on Christmas. Then it's disappointing me for years to come. This Kings Deuce. team. Yeah. Deuce, you, I, I'm just going to be honest. Oh. I think we all feel the same. You need more therapy. You need it more consistently. And I feel like every time, every year, if we go back and look at podcasts around the holidays, the amount of comparisons that you have to shitty family life. And to your dad being in prison and to being abandoned and, and nobody showing up, it's not healthy. I truly believe you need almost <laughs> weekly therapy every okay. December. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Now that we've had the fun with some deuce analogies to start the game. <laughs> so much fun. Here's my real thought from tonight, Morgan. This is this is beyond disappointing. Frankie Cardicelli over at Sackdown Sports had some stats that really put this in perspective. So one, the Kings are now 13 and nine on the season. You go 13 and nine, it's not bad, right? It's a yeah. good, right? They're fine, right? But those nine losses have come against four teams this year, okay? The four teams, the Clippers twice, the Warriors twice, you got the Pelicans three times, and the Rockets twice, okay? And you're going, okay, what's the point of bringing that up? They're not responding well playing these teams multiple times. 
The next thing that Frankie brought up that I really want to hit on is about those nine losses. Four of those losses have been by 18 or more. Three of them have been by 20 or more. Seven of the nine losses by 18 plus against four teams this year. It's beyond disappointing. Second, I have a back-to-back. I don't, I don't care. Like, there's no excuse for it. Breaking news, you got more back-to-backs to come this year. And this wasn't exactly a tough one. I mean, you're going to L.A. The Clippers were also on the second half of back-to-back where they played deep into a game where Kawhi's playing like 39, whatever, 40 minutes last night. They're big three playing significant minutes tonight. I just didn't like how they responded. And I, I think I've just been really disappointed with how they've looked in the losses. You said it best, I think, a couple weeks ago when the Kings lost a similar game like this. Last year when they lost, it felt like they were in games. This year when they lose, they're not in games. Mm-hmm. No, and that's, I think that's the most disappointing part about it because sports, you're going to win, you're going to lose. But I said this multiple times with so many different examples tonight with Chelsea on the postgame show. I was like, all, all losses are not created equally. All points in the paint are not created equally. Like all stat lines are not created equally. Like you can just go down the list, but we'll start with losses. And the way that the Kings were losing last season compared to this season, it wasn't, oh, it felt different. It was different. You can look at the numbers, the data. It was all different. You can look, just use your eyeballs and look at the way that they were losing games. It was still such a different, like, you and I were able to come on night chats and really go in depth with our breakdowns of what was going wrong. Oh man, they did this great, but Hey, this is where things took a turn. And I feel like there's been too many of these games this season, whether it's against the Rockets, the Clippers, the Warriors, whoever, where we're talking about, I mean, just a like overall a generic game of, bad basketball and it's not oh shots were just being missed or the Clippers defense was just locked in and engaged it was it felt like in these losses or it feels like in these losses it's the Kings shooting themselves in the foot that's what it feels like I thought the other thing about tonight and this game was pretty much over at halftime right Mm -hmm. I mean it was crazy the first six minutes of the third quarter. Like, if the Kings could have just scored anything, they maybe could have made it a game, but neither sure. team was scoring. That quarter lasted three hours. Um, I, I left with this thought. If the Kings played the Clippers in the first round of the playoffs, the Kings might not win a game. I thought tonight the Clippers came out, and in a way, I felt like they approached it like a playoff game. I thought they played with force. I thought they were targeting all the mismatches. They went, we're going at HB. We're going at Kevin Herter. James Harden, I thought, came out not only aggressive offensively trying to attack. Dude, we could all take shots at Harden over the years about, man, he's his engagement. and I don't like how he plays. He was competing defensively in that in the start of this game. Deuce, he was competing defensively, but he was also finding ways to 
be fast and efficient on the offensive end with the way that he was getting the paint. He wasn't like, I'm getting the paint and trying to draw a foul. He was, I'm getting the paint and finding the best shot for this team. Whether it was a spray three or he was finding someone cutting or he was trying to just find a way to make his own shot. I think he was uh, he was 0 for 4 from three-point land. So he did a great job of just, he kept on attacking. But he kept on attacking because he kept having those line drives. And then you talk about what he did defensively. I think just having him step up his game on that end of the floor, maybe the Kings weren't expecting it. And they were like expecting... Uh, uh, a Clippers team that didn't have it together, which I don't know why, because they had already won four straight, and now this was their fifth straight loss I tonight, think, or fifth straight win yeah, tonight. I think they've won seven of eight now. They've really turned things wow. around. Like, they've gotten it going, and we all, let's be honest, look around the NBA universe. We did on our podcast. We're like, God, this has been a disaster to start. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they came out after the Harden trade, couldn't win any games. You're wondering what the hell's going to happen. Well, it looks like it's coming together now. You know, Ty Lue's a great head coach, and we did say if Harden buys in, it could be really scary. Now, on the flip side, not to spend too much time on the, the Clippers and what's going on with them in the future, Paul George yeah. did leave this game with, like, a groin issue where you're going, yes. God, again, like, this is... These are the things you worry about with that team. But I felt like they came out ready to go, man. I mean, especially for a team play on the second, I have a back-to-back. -back. They were like, no, we're going we're gonna to beat the hell of this team. And they targeted the mismatches. It, like I said, with HB and with Herter. And then even with the second unit, it was like, oh, Sasha's in the game. We're going to go ahead and try to get that switch. We're going to go at JaVale McGee on the perimeter because he's going to come out too strong. Uh, he's going to fall for a pump fake or something and we're going to go right by him and then he's going to be late to recover i felt like tonight really shined a light on the king's weaknesses that i think we're all aware of but they're magnified when you take on a team that has the firepower like the clippers and the coaching like the la clippers yeah, I, it was truly, I, I think you looked at a team like the Clippers, you talk about the firepower, but the way that they were able, and they are a capable team of executing their game plan. And that's exactly what they did. They looked like a really good basketball team tonight. And I think one of the more disappointing things would be when you look at Kawhi Leonard in his efficient game once again. I get it. He's going to be unstoppable on nights for some teams. I get that. But he has already done this to you. He has already done this to you several times. So if he's going to continue to do this to you, how do you stop the rest of the team? How do you make sure to break down the rest of the team? And I just uh, felt like the yeah. Kings were not doing a good job of, of, of like allowing one guy to go off, but then they couldn't control everything else. It was like control what you can control and the, the Clippers were the team that was just in complete control on both ends of the floor the entire game. I'm looking at Kawhi Leonard's last few games. 31 tonight against Sacramento. He had 34 last night, 41 against Utah. Kind of a quiet night against Denver, 17 and 20 against the Clippers. But he is shooting the ball really effectively. You could tell he's feeling the best he has felt in a really long time. He has missed six shots against Sacramento this year. I think that's the number. If I'm not mistaken, unless I'm, it Seriously? might be seven, I, I think because he was 11 of 14 tonight. Let me just double check that. Okay. I, I hate when I throw out stats and then I go, wait, is that accurate? That's too good to be true. Maybe he missed one more shot than that. I'm going back to the game log right now to the last matchup against Sacramento. Okay, so no, excuse me. 
He's missed seven shots against the Kings this year. Oh, come uh, on. <laughs> come on. Morgan, it's, it's insane. Uh, it's it's he, absolutely insane. What? I'm just want, I just want to write down the official total. So against Sacramento this year, he is 25 of 32 shooting. The first game was without Keegan Murray. I think one thing that kind of surprised me tonight, and I know Keegan was on him at times. There's one where Kawhi had this like fall away jumper. He does enough to create space. And I thought Keegan did a great job to contest it. But like Kawhi's like in rhythm, he's going to knock it down. I was surprised to put HB on him to start. But this, this goes to what I'm saying about Sacramento, especially against a team like this. You go, okay, there's some nights you can get away with like, hey, we only have one legit kind of wing defender. But... Against the Clippers, you get exposed more than ever, right? Harden may be hunting out switch, and Harden's really strong too. So if he gets some of the switches he likes, he he can go at a point guard, but he can also go at a wing player because of his strength, right? His ability to attack the basket and draw contact. Paul George is a legit threat as a wing, right? And then you got Kawhi Leonard. You know, Keegan can only guard so many guys, so they kind of started him on Paul George tonight, and... I don't know. I, I, I would have liked to maybe see him on, uh, on Kawhi to start because of what Kawhi did to them last game. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously, I understand that, but you talk about firepower, all the weapons, you know, they were going to mix it up, do what they needed to do. And I mean, they still had no answer. They had no answer. They, they had no answer the entire game that Mike Brown finally went to Davion Mitchell for 15 minutes. You know, it's like he was just searching for answers just like everyone else was that was watching this game going, what is happening right now? What is so bad? And it felt like once the Clippers had a little bit of cushion, like that 10-point lead, they just never looked back. And it felt like the Kings never found a way to turn the Jets on, to really do something different and make an adjustment. I think that's, again, one of the... They couldn't get any stops. They, that's, any and stops. Dude, and if you're not getting any stops, where where are you executing in your game? And they weren't executing on the offensive end because a lot of their game has to do with getting those stops and pushing the ball in transition. Both these teams on the second night of a back-to-back, that's what I was expecting to see the Kings do as their game plan. And I go, okay, I get it. Like, you're not always going to... Um, rely on getting those stops because some teams are just going to be on. I mean, we had the, we saw the Sacramento Kings shooting lights out last night. They were the team that was on, and you know the Brooklyn Nets couldn't even get stops. And I just felt like for the Kings, it was surprising that they just couldn't turn it on to another level tonight. I don't know what that. Maybe it was travel fatigue. I don't know what well, it was. It was not good. The the other thing too, like. I, we we spent how much time talking about Malik Monk last night, right? Yeah. M- Monk's been pretty consistent this year. That second unit, you know, the, the Clippers were leading after one. They closed well, 32-24. But when that second unit came in the game with, like, McKee and Sasha and Monk, it was bad. It was, it was so- really bad. And, then you know, Monk picked up, like, I think, what, three quick fouls, too? And mm. he's missing shots. McGee, I just thought became unplayable and they stopped playing him um again another bad night for him and then Sasha I thought was just lost defensively there were too many times there's one where he tried to come out on James Harden and just 
I mean, he, he he let Harden get right around him with ease, and Harden went and laid it up. There was another moment where there was a second chance opportunity where he was just staring up and not paying attention, boxing on his man, second chance opportunity for the Clippers. And I felt like the bench really let them down tonight. You know, they've been, at times, such a nice spark. Well, they didn't spark them at all. Deuce, I'm going to go, if I if I may, may be the one to do this bit now to you. Oh, okay. You got, um, you got a bit? I have a bit going back into okay. our text messages. Oh, okay. So tonight, you and I were texting. Yeah. Starting at 8 p.m., you first started off... <laughs> At the beginning of the game, Kings with some heavy legs, question mark, and then Fox in all caps because he had that 11 points. 11 points. Starter. He had a couple of threes. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Okay. And I said, I said, Fox doing work. And then after this, you just started talking about the bench. This is, I was just like, dude, JaVale. And I said, nice lob for Monk. He had that nice moment. Yep. Then he causes basket interference, two points for the Clips, then an illegal screen on offense. Um, he always makes some of these mistakes after something good. Then here comes Deuce Mason coming in hot. Kings can't get an effing stop. Sasha's defense, it's been bad. Bench was brutal. Gross. Gross. They have to play better on back-to-backs. Like, no excuse, Clippers have old men. <laughs> and then our King's conversation pretty much stopped Wait, there. Can I, can I be honest? What? I, I don't have a recollection of some of these texts. <laughs> I started That's how emotional about- I get, dude. I'm sorry. I just, it, tonight was frustrating. Again, <laughs> I, this is where, like, you know, we all have to check ourselves and be like, dude, yeah, the Clippers are good. But, like, the, the, we're seeing, no, no. I just get to a point. I feel like we're beating a dead horse here. I'm like, we are. These are the weaknesses. We've all been to the fans have been. To, we're talking about it all together on night chats, right? Like, hey, another wing defender. And the Kings are going to win games, right? Like, they're a good enough team. They've done some nice things. They've hung in there. Like, I still believe they're a good team. But if they're really going to take a step this year, if they really want to be competitive in a playoff series and win a playoff series, they're going to have to improve the roster. You know, there's well, just too many flaws. And tonight, against this Clippers team, exposed like crazy. I mentioned Herter and Barnes, Sasha, McGee, even Lyles. Like, I, I you know, we're all Trey Bays, but that matchup when he's got to try to defend Kawhi Leonard, you're in a tough spot. So, every, can I say this? Everyone's in a tough spot. You just went over, no, with Kawhi Leonard. Like, you just went over sure. Kawhi's numbers the last few games. And I get, Deuce. Yeah, but if you have OG, it's a little different. Hear me right? out. Hear me out. Well, it could be if he's healthy and everything, too. But yes, hear me out, though. Like, I feel like last night after that Kings win, because the way that they came together, we're like, look, when they're playing like this, you're looking at internal growth. Are you, and you're listening to me, right? Like, that internal growth. We kept, Yep. talking about that last night and we're like man you're seeing this internal growth and i get you're still gonna want to see um tweaks made you or, or conversations had for the trade deadline because like that's always the next step you know not just about change and don't make change out of fear but make change when change needs to happen i think because we're seeing what this team's potential is in some of these wins and then we're seeing what this team's flaws are in these losses and it's so night and day that it's becoming to the point like 
yeah, we need to stop getting so high after some of these wins because when these losses have have been the most consistent thing of everything. The losses have all looked consistently this bad. Yeah. For the most part, like I think the you had that close game against Golden State. Like the first matchup against Golden State, the home opener was yep. you know, pretty competitive. The Warriors made a run to kind of run away with it at the end. And then the one at Golden State when they play without Fox and they lost with the Clay Thompson jumper. Mm. But besides that, the rest of the games have been awful. Yeah. Like for in the losses. And it's just you can't have those types of peaks and valleys all year long. You know, there's got to be some consistency. And, you know, I think offensively, you know, it's like, how do you go from making 25 made threes to 10? Well, they haven't shown consistency knocking down the three this year. They really haven't. And, you know, I, I think there are times I still believe they're getting great looks from three. But, you know, we are 20, you know, what, 22 games into a season, and they've been rather inconsistent I would love to have a little more balance. Balance, like don't be afraid to attack the paint and try to finish in the paint either. Like I know they're so big on like getting in the paint and spraying out, but I, I think when they're at their best, they feel more balanced. Like last night, they played with pace, they attacked. I felt like they did a pretty good job, but they didn't finish well in the paint last night. So mm -hmm. it's just kind of it's just strange, you know. It's just a really hard team to figure out at this point. But the flaws are the same flaws of last year. They're being magnified even more because the offense has yet to find a consistent rhythm for like a stretch of games. And I think sometimes too, when people think about points in the paint, like, oh man, why aren't they scoring so many points in the paint? And then people like to go to the big and like, do you need a big scoring in the paint? And it's like, no, no, no. How many times tonight did you see the points in the paint scored by the Clippers? They ended up with 62 points uh, in the paint. And it was like everything from a line drive to a Russ crashing the boards, you know, getting an offensive rebound, a put back um, to just a lot of different type of movement to create chaos, to bring people up and out and not really clog up the paint. And I feel like the Kings with their ball movement, they're capable of doing these things, but sometimes they rely on passing it around the horn. And although it's quick and it creates an open shot, it's really important that they keep using a lot of these actions to get inside, to get in that mid range, to make sure that they are still um, scoring also in the paint. It doesn't have to be right at the rim, but it's, you gotta see more in the paint. I agree. We should get to some questions too, tonight Ooh. too. There's a couple I got, I was, I've thought about this one. One person says, are Mike Brown's lineup changes a little too erratic? You know, in a game like this, I feel like he was just searching again. But it it doesn't feel like he has as much patience with some of these bench guys. Like, they're not bringing it. Like, they're out faster, you know? And I don't know. Is that different than last year? No. I, mean, I felt like he no. did the same thing with Terrence Davis last year. I mean, really, he did, he did it more with Malik Monk last year. Dude, he, did, he did it last yeah. year, and here's the only difference. I felt like there was more of an identity with his rotations after, like, 20 games last year, and also because mostly everyone stayed healthy or on the floor, if you want to call it that. So it gave him the consistency of having his rotations be some of the same guys throughout the year once it hit, like, that 20-game mark. 
That's true. No, it's you had you didn't have these the injuries that you had like you have this year. I mean, it's been pretty bad. And then you know, guys haven't been consistent at all. Is there anything you can say to explain why they haven't performed well in the second half back to backs this year? No, because every, it's like it's like everyone. I think it's so funny whenever we start talking ban back to backs. And hey, I'm there, and I was there even before the Kings were losing yes. all these backs. You know what I mean? It's like the the um, level of basketball is you is just better when or mo- for the most part it's usually better when there's like fresher legs and everything and then you see these nights that teams like the clippers are just like feeling it they're like adrenaline whatever it is that's pushing them through and they look super fresh but yeah i i think i don't think it's so much it's back to backs for me where with how the kings are losing it's it's how the kings are losing to some of the same teams in those adjustments that i'm just like that that is where I'm just really confused. There, I feel like we're not seeing any sort of adjustments, and there's no excuse for that. It's wild to think about the last time I believe the Kings played in LA against the Clippers. They scored 176 points. Tonight they did not even score 100. That's the other one. That's the other thing this year that I want to look at real fast. I, I feel like. They did not have many games under 100 last year at all, right? Because, they, I mean, they scored at ease last year. I mean, they had the best offensive rating in NBA history last year. So this year, they have had... Let's see here. Just want to double check. Yeah, and Sean, I see your comment. Hey, Clips had a back-to-back as well. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, no I'm one's... In, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, like, no one's no, making excuses. Yeah. Um, they have had three games this year, Morgan, under 100 points this year. Four games under 101. So let's just say four under 101. Okay. Last year, in 82 games. Wow. So last year, they had one, two, three, four, five games under 101 points in 82 and games. Have, and they already have four. They already have four. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're talking about four in 22, five in 82. That They had three games last year where they scored under 100. They, excuse, excuse me, three games this year under 100. Last year, they had four all of last year. It's so funny. If this was, if this was the team this year that we, that we're seeing right now, if this was last year, because expectations were different, I feel like we would be looking at these games different as still like, wow, this is still better than last year, blah, blah. But because it's coming off of such a strong year, such a historically beautiful offensive year for the Sacramento Kings and obviously what they were able to accomplish, it's like, this isn't, this isn't good enough. And, And I know some people want to go to like, well, the record, the record is around the same thing. And it's like, that, I mean, again, it it's not the same yes. style of basketball as it was last year. Sure, yes. at this time, yeah. I again, I even with the record for me, the losses, like you said, have been awful and way worse than some of the losses from last year. I I still go, hey, 
They're 13 and 9 with a lot of shit not going right for them early. I want to get to a couple of super chats. Uh, Ian donated five bucks saying, hey, everyone pretend the like button is a panic button and let's hit that thing because I'm ready to panic. <laughs> yeah, hit the thumbs up. Help us grow. Even if you're upset tonight, all it does is help our channel grow. Shout out to Brother Fabs, who became a Deuce and Mo member on YouTube. And Attitude Era Mark donates two bucks asking Deuce, would you trade Keegan for OG straight up? No, and here, here's, and this is the problem the Kings face. I think for the Kings to go where they want to go, I think Keegan, Fox, and Sabonis have to be a part of it. So how do you improve your team in those areas without giving up Keegan? Can you do it? Because you swap Keegan for OG, okay, so you get an older guy that you have to give a contract extension to. When I say older, older than Keegan who brings you a lot defensively, but Keegan brings you a lot defensively. Keegan's defense into his second year has been amazing. I did something tonight on NBC Sports California about it. What he did last night against the Nets, containing the ball, staying in front of his man, switching onto smaller guys, contesting shots at the rim, contesting shots in general. He led the team in last night's win with seven contested shots. He was defending Bridges, Dinwiddie, Johnson. Like, he was everywhere, and I thought he did a hell of a job. He's been doing that this year, and I think his offensive upside is greater than OG Ananobi's. I would, I would want OG to this mix. The challenge, in my opinion, with this whole thing is I personally don't think the Raptors are trading OG. I think OG is a part of what they're doing in the future. I think they're going to, if they're moving one, it's going to be Siakam. Um, so... That's the challenge that McNair faces. It's like, all right, how do you improve this team? Combination of draft picks. What else are teams interested in to help you improve your team? They need another defender. There's no doubt about it. They need another threat. That's clear as day, especially in a game like this. Right, Mo? I'm just frustrated now. Oh, wow. I know. I just well, like. Why are you so frustrated, Mo? I don't know. I just was like really soaking it in. I'm like, it's. It, it maybe maybe it's a little triggering from talking about some of these losses over the years on the post game show and like when you're just searching and and it's just it's so much it's just basketball is so much more fun when like I have so much fun with you when we're obviously in wins when we're talking about all the good yeah. and like but it's not just like oh they were good because they're making shots it's breaking down the plays that led to this, you know, great shot or the the way that the ball was moving or someone cutting through the paint or a DHO or something. And then I just feel like even in these losses, it's, it's like we're not even pinpointing, hey, Sabonis on this line drive by James Harden needed to be two steps over. It's like there's too many of these line drives to even count. And yeah, it's not just one like play that jumps out. It's like, well, where do you start? And I mean, I think we we hit on some of them tonight. And it's like there was a lot of breakdowns tonight. Um, before we continue on, we still have to get to our player of the game. And Morgan, somehow we have to come up with a moment of the game tonight. The moment of the game has to come up. But also, I wanted to uh, mention we should get to what Mike Brown said tonight because we have not heard anything from Mike Brown. Um, yeah. And the Kings did post 
his post-game press conferences. I'm curious what he has to say. So let's uh, check in with Mike Brown after this Kings bad loss on the road to the Clippers. Obviously, we got our behinds kicked. And that's twice by this team that uh, we have no answer. We had no answers. The thing that is most concerning is sometimes you just got to fight. And, and I thought tonight we didn't fight. I thought there was no fight in us. And that's, that's the biggest disappointment uh, or biggest takeaway that I would say from this game. On top, on top of the no fight, you know, everybody knows we, we're a three-point shooting team. But the reality of it is if the threes aren't going in, uh, and, and most of our threes I thought were good. The Clippers were going under, and <clears throat> we had a lot go in and out, and however you want to call it. But if the threes aren't going in, we got to figure out how to how to get. We got to figure out a way to get to the rim, get to the free throw line because um, <clears throat> because uh, uh, we're not going to always be able to rely on the three. And it showed tonight when that three doesn't go in. If you're not if you're not getting to the rim. Like I said earlier, you got to show some sort of fight, some sort of grit, some sort of resistance, and and there was none tonight, and uh, that was the most disappointing thing. I would, I got to give though that the guys that came off the bench the last run, the the last seven eight minutes of the game, uh, those guys played hard. They tried to play the right way. They did fight. Um, you know, they, they, they did do some things that uh, at least you could take away from the game, knowing that you had a group out on the floor that tried to do, that tried to fight uh, during the course of the game, and they did it for seven to eight minutes. But other than that, you got to give a lot of credit to Ty Lue and uh, the rest of his staff and all the players on the Clippers team because they kicked our behind. Simple as that. Coach, um, after all you just said, um, I wanted to ask, um, Sabonis and Fox, they were held to 14 and 15 points. Um, did the Clippers' defense show, show something extraordinary or different than you've seen before? No, they, they were just they were physical with us. And uh, uh, they were extremely physical with us, which, uh, um, you know, when we drove, anytime we shot the ball, they had their bodies on us. They knocked us off our spots. And that impacted our ability to, to – impacted those two guys' ability to make shots, in my opinion. But the physicality of the game from the Clippers was at a pretty high level. Uh, on, on a night like tonight, how how quickly into this do you realize that this isn't going well? It's not going to go well, and and what do you do at that point? No, I mean you, you keep trying to do different things. You know, you keep trying to, to in order defensively, you keep trying different schemes. You go to a zone. You, you know, you double team the guy that's hurting you. But they they had two or three guys hurting us, and then they have really good shooters out there. So when you're doubling. And you're not doubling aggressive. You're still making. You're doubling, but guys are still making, making bullet passes on time. Not getting to the type of shooters that they have. And so, uh, you keep trying to switch up what you're doing defensively, and then you get to a point where you say, "Hey, we we tried everything. Now we just got to fight. We got to hit somebody in the head. We got to show some sort of resistance." And, and you know, get, NBA games are long, and you can go on a run at any time. So you keep trying to find a way and coach your guys, and hopefully. Uh, the light will come on and, and we'll do something to get back in the game. But uh, like I said, I, you know, the three ball wasn't going in. That's what we're conditioned to do. You can live with that. But on on the other end of the floor, you know, and, and 
also too I, I was disappointed in our group because we were talking more about our offense than our defense you know at the at the end of the first half they shot 60% from the floor they scored 70 points and throughout that whole first half coming from our players it's hey we got to swing the ball. We got to do this offense. We got to do that offense. And that can't be our mindset. Not when a team's shooting 60% from the floor and scoring 70 points on you and getting 32 points in the paint in one half. Your mindset has to be somebody got to get a stop. And if somebody doesn't get a stop, there should be somebody stepping up and getting in somebody's face with some passion to let them know we got to do better as a team. Michael, now no, you explained the mindset, but what do you yeah. think explained the, the fight that you were looking for, the lack of fight that you were looking for? Uh, I'm not sure. Most nights our group has fought, yeah. you, you know, um, and I know every once in a while you're going to have games like this, you know, uh, but the tough part about it is it's two games in a row against these guys that um, they took it to us. They punched us in the mouth. Uh, they were more physical, and we didn't punch back the right way you know we, we we think punching back is scoring and sometimes punching but most times punching back especially against a playoff team is about getting stops and, and turning the game into a gritty ugly game and we weren't able to do that nine you've got nine losses against four teams yeah. is there a common denominator and and I'm wondering how much you, you buy into the idea of, you know, we've talked about the size and the length issues and it maybe to zero in, is it is it teams with size and length on the wings that are giving you matchup problems right now? I mean, Zubat's a big guy. Uh, uh, Valanchunas is a big guy, you know, so it's not just on, on, on the wings. It's, it's you know, obviously, it's if that three, if our three is not going in, and our opponent's uh, level of physicality is pretty high, it seems like we've struggled. And you know, in those situations, it's where you have to be able to turn the game into a gritty, grimy game, starting with the defense end of the floor, and we haven't been able to do that. So there's Mike Brown talking after this game tonight. I want to. Get your thoughts on what he had to say, Morgan, and address a couple people in the chat because I, I saw a few people going, these questions are so soft. Sacramento media is so soft. Well, just to alert you guys so you're completely aware, the first six questions were asked by Los Angeles media. Sacramento doesn't really send much media on the road. The only reporter out there who covers the Kings was Jason Anderson from the Sacramento Bee who asked that last question. So you can say, oh, soft media is Sacramento. Well, it wasn't Sacramento media asking those questions. Uh, Morgan, I think the one thing that jumps out to me is like, you know, this this team battled in a playoff series against the Warriors last year, right? I, I don't, I, I don't think we should be hearing about like fight. Like my your your head coach shouldn't be like my team needs to fight more, right? And and that doesn't mean with offense. That means like maybe get in somebody's face or push back or play aggressively defensively. And we're talking about physicality and all this stuff. Like, to me, after what went down last year in the playoffs, these you have enough vets on this team. You've got young players for sure, but you got vets on this team who have been around. They've been around the block. Like, these are things I don't think you should have to be talking about at this point, which to me is a little disappointing. Yeah, and, and I'm curious, too, like, where that was lost. 
because I feel like the the mindsets of a lot of these guys were like, okay, we even want it more. You know, like, and they, they're not all talk. They weren't saying we want it more now because of that last year. It was like, you're seeing these guys in the off season, in training camp, put in the work, um, buying in the understandings there. But then what is it that's missing? Because I don't feel like this is a soft team. I feel like guys are not willing to get punked out there and they're willing to fight back, whether it's with words, whether it is with being physical and everything else. And I'm like, is there so so much focus? Now, again, I'm asking this question. I'm not saying this is it because I'm just curious. Is there so much focus on strategy and the, and, and defensive philosophy and like, all these little things that it's taking away the freedom of their flow in their mind when it comes to just playing the game uh, aggressively and with physicality and um, in a different type of flow on the offensive end? Or is it that they just really don't have it? Like, I just don't, I don't they, it's, know. They have some guys who have that, right? But, but like, it's like a lot of the same guys. Yeah, but I don't think they necessarily. I mean, they were a terrible defensive team last year, right? They had, they still had these problems, right, with physicality and the size issues. I think it just you notice it even more when the offense isn't flowing. But I guess my point, I mean, just look at this Clippers team. Like, who's as strong as Kawhi Leonard on the Kings? Maybe Sabonis. Okay, but like, he's yeah, right. Yeah. He's not guarding him, right? Yeah. Um, Harden, Harden's he's thick, man. He's got a little girth on him, right? And he he could play with force. Yeah, I I don't know. They I don't, don't know. They don't have the size. They don't have the like, strength. And then you talk about like the personality of like gotta have that dog in you. Like, I'm sorry, Morgan. You either to me, you either have that or you don't. Right, like you have to have a competitive fire, and I again, I'll start with what I said at the beginning of this, Morgan. The Clippers came out tonight and played like a playoff game. I was beyond impressed. I agree, agree. and I feel like, but this is the issue. I feel like every team is coming in against the Kings and are taking their game to another level, and every time the Kings are like, "Whoa, we were expecting that," and it's like. I can't justify it like where where I go, they're not bringing the effort because I think the effort is there. I feel like the heart is there. But there's something missing and I can't put my effing finger on it. I don't know what it is because you have high IQ players. You have a lot of the same players who are thirsty and want even more after what happened last year. You have players that are locked in and are down to buy in and understand the standards. So Deuce Mason, what the hell is it? What is it? I've told you. I told me what? You're you're missing pieces on the roster. Harrison Barnes scored two points and had one rebound. I I mean, the point thing, I'm like, whatever, you know, but like yeah, I, I mean, I need rebounds, you know, and then, and then defensively, like, I mean, they're hunting him. And even tonight, I was noticing, like, 
I, Mike Brown mentioned it in the post game, but going under on screens on him too from three. And then they're going Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter's got length, right? And there's you're yeah. like, okay, that's that's like a good thing to have, but that that doesn't much matter when you're trying to be you're switched out on the Kawhi Leonard, right? Who's just longer, stronger, and more athletic. It's not going to work on James Harden, who's just stronger than you and can get by you. Like these are just deficiencies that they have. And so, look. I'm not going to overreact after one loss. I'm definitely concerned with how they're losing right now, and they need to figure that out. But it's just what other the other thing that I think messes with my mind a little bit is like some of these wins have been fantastic. The win against the Nets was great. The win against Minnesota they had this year on the road oh. end of a road trip was fantastic. And right? the maps, the mat on the road against Dallas. But what, yep. hey, let's go back there. They had that great game on the road in Dallas. The next night, they get blown out on the second night of a back-to-back against the Pelicans. What? So, like, those are the things that you're just, like, so confused by. It's like, if they were losing right now, like they are, and then they're not beating good teams, then you're going, okay, they're in a really bad spot. But they've beaten some good teams. They beat Oklahoma City, their next opponent. They beat OKC without Mm -hmm. De'Aaron Fox. Like, yeah, they they have shown these moments of like, all right, they compete compete against these quality teams in the Western Conference. You know, beating the, they beat the Lakers twice. They beat it's, the Lakers I, twice. I think I think sometimes too, like I I think it's hard for yeah. me to believe that all these other teams took all these steps to get that much better yeah. than them. But when you're seeing these teams in these Kings losses, it sure as hell feels like that. It feels like the gap is pretty large in the losses. And and I think, and I just think about it and I go, I go, God, dude, things just really change fast in this league where it's, it's that quick where you're looking at this Kings team and someone isn't playing well, just like that, or something isn't clicking for someone else. And it's like, it's not a fear change. It's like, Oh, there, you just really need to make tweaks at the same speed as everyone else in this league. And I don't know, I'm just starting to go in that direction a little. Well, I I think the other thing too, that I want to mention too, the the Houston games, I did, we hated those losses acknowledge. They didn't have De'Aaron Fox for those, but like the Pelicans ones are like, you know, um, Pelicans were bad. And these, these Clippers ones were bad. The Warriors games weren't like terrible. The two Warriors losses, they weren't terrible, but you know, they hurt because it was Golden State. We got to talk about the Warriors in a second because Draymond did something tonight that's going to cost the Warriors. And, hey, by the way, we just spent all this time talking about things. How high were we all on the Lakers the other night after they secured the in-season tournament championship against the Pacers, played great defense. Everyone's talking about, oh, man, look how they defended Halliburton. And tonight they lose on the road in Dallas a Dallas team that was starting Dante Exum because Kyrie Irving is hurt. They lose 127 to 125. And then the Warriors go on the road and they lose to the Suns who did not have Kevin Durant tonight. 119, 116. Like it's, it's weird right now. It's, it's a, the West is bizarre, but it doesn't mean you can be complacent. Like it's like, okay, what, what one Kings, they're going to be fine. What can you do, the current group, to build some consistency and show up better? And second, I have back-to-backs. You have to respond. Two, front office. What are the, what's the game plan as we 
approach the next couple of months, right? February. We are December 12th, a couple months away from the trade deadline. It's going to come here fast. The noise is going to get louder. What type of tweaks can you make between now and then? And can the Kings get back to a better flow offensively? Those are all big questions. Panic button's not out, but I didn't like how they played tonight. I do want to get to the poll question, Morgan Reagan. How concerned are you with these losses? The option's really concerned. Hey, just one game. They'll be fine. Uh, and a little bit. Where do you fall in this poll question, Morgan Reagan? Um, I when I when I go look at this poll question, I go, okay, these losses. Like, how concerned am I with yeah. these losses? It's not with the amount of losses. Yeah. It's with the losses, and I go yes. really, really concerned. Same. Same. Okay. Wow. And like, I'm not. I'm not one to freak out or. Like I said, uh, make change because of fear or be irrational. But I truly like, I think it's fair because of expectations to be like, this really isn't, is not good enough. And we've seen a big enough sample size to be like, oh yeah, this is inconsistent. And it's not pretty when they lose. Yeah. This is why we've said this. And I know some people listening to our podcast, you guys always say this. This is why you enjoy the moments. Facts. Last year was a ride. Think about last year. Even after last year, man, what a compete, man. They battled. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? Or the wins were like, holy shit. And, you know, we said before the season, this year was going to feel different no matter what. It was going to feel different no matter what. And I feel like this year, it's like, wow, some of the Warriors lost early. You really felt them. And then these other losses, you're going, What's going on? And, you know, De'Aaron banged up and Keegan and you're going, this is just different. It's just different. So there's obviously plenty of time to get out of this. People in the chat mentioning refroze again. Hopefully we can get through this and We're I think good. it's going to refresh. I don't know why this is going on, but I, I can see it on the stream yeah. and we're good. Well, the audio people are getting the full thing. <laughs> hey Internet's plugged in. Um, before we continue, we got a couple of things. One, if you want to support the podcast, you can do it in a couple of ways. Hitting the thumbs up, subscribing helps us. Easy. You could just do that right now. You can also buy our merch. If you go to juiceandmo.com, click on merch. Use promo code HOLIDAY. HOLIDAY. You get 20% off your merch. I think you can maybe get some of it before Christmas if you act fast. It's going to be tough, but it'll be pretty close. Just go to juiceandmo.com, click on merch. And uh, use promo code HOLIDAY. You can also support us on Patreon. We drop content. We do monthly Q&As with our members at patreon.com slash deuce and mo. We should also mention that tonight's podcast presented by our friends right Northwest Exteriors. If you're looking for windows, Morgan, why should people go with Northwest? You'll save money. Yeah. Your house will look better. And, oh, you'll learn so much. That's what's been, I think, one of the funnest things about working with Northwest is that you learn so much about what you actually need with your home. And it's crazy for so many years. I was like, does my house just need different insulation? Like, is it just an old house? I got new windows. And then I was like, Oh, why didn't anyone tell me sooner? So if you're looking at why your house is freezing cold right now, maybe you should look at getting new windows. You know why? Simply the best. Trust Northwest. Go to their website. NorthwestExteriors.com Maybe even the showroom in Rancho Cordova 
They've got windows, they're cool. They've also got a talking dog. Hey, it's me. It's me, too. Glaze Beam. They're simply the best. Simply the best. Trust Northwest. Appreciate their support of the Do Some O podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together there's all these different papers there's all these different forms what do you do you listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast yeah because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business how about for some time off after an nba season even that sounds amazing so you know what you need to do listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app future you will thank you after the end of a good fight deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, Morgan Reagan, who would be your rock and soul player of the game? Kawhi Leonard. What do you What do you think? I, who do you think I picked tonight? Kawhi Leonard. Now, let me ask you, why do you think that? Because he was really good, efficient, thirty one points in thirty one minutes. Let me Let me ask you one more one time. Are you stalling? Or are you going to put up my my damn player of the game? I was just waiting for you to hear like my. I said, Kawhi. Do you think? Oh that? no! Oh, I heard it. Oh, you, I you heard just it. No, sold it. No problem. Oh yeah, Kawhi Leonard, a rock and soul player of the game. Oh. He had thirty-one points, eleven of fourteen shooting, two of three from downtown, seven of seven from the line. He was special tonight. Uh, if you're going to. A Kings game, I encourage you to get a rock and soul before a game. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. You got specials galore. You go sell, uh, show your ticket before a Kings game, a home game between 4.30, 6.30. You're saving some money, right, Morgan Reagan? You're saving lots of money. In fact, you're saving 25% on your entire bill. Mm. And if you go during Kings games just to go watch, you guys can save 50% off appetizers, 50% off drinks. It's only six blocks away from the arena. It's a great place to go, whether it's uh, breakfast during the morning or mm -hmm. breakfast at night. But they also have all these other meals. I know some of our podcast listeners were getting like prime rib or something um, like that. Some yeah. crazy, some crazy fun meal at the end of the night or during a Kings game. So make sure you check them out. Yeah, just literally blocks away from Golden One Center at 10th and S Rock and Soul. We appreciate their support of the Do Some Mo podcast. All right, how, how do we do our Sharif Jewelers moment of the night? 
Um, I, we don't. You know, we ha there has to be a moment of the night. <laughs> um, I mean, what, what, like truly I'm like thinking in my head and how about, how about Dearn? No, how about Kawhi, hey, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard being efficient as shit. Okay. Seriously. And say in the first two games against the Kings, only missing seven shots. That's our Sharif moment of the game. Awful. Seven missed shots. Jeez. In two games for Kawhi Leonard. 31 in one game, 34 in the first game. My goodness. My goodness. Um, in the chat, someone's saying the moment of the night is deuce fake puking. Christian says the moment of the night is the game that ended. <laughs> the game ended. Yeah. All right, Morgan, next up for Sacramento. Only a day off, and then they are back home for a minute, which is the good news. The, the Kings are going to get some games at home. That's the good news. Do you want the bad news or no? What's the bad news? Uh, the bad news is some of the teams are playing coming up. Uh, starting Thursday, an Oklahoma City team that you beat the last time they were here. But, you know, they're going to be looking for revenge. Chet Holmgren, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jalen Williams. We know how talented this OKC Thunder team is right now. They're one of the most talented teams in the league, and they are number two in the Western Conference at 15-7. and seven. They come to town on Thursday at 7. Then you get the Utah Jazz Saturday. This is where, like, literally, Kings, you got to win two of the next three. Like, yep. I want the OKC game. You have to win the game against Utah, and you have to beat the Washington Wizards, right? Must-haves? Yes. After that, you get the Celtics, Suns, and T-Wolves at home before Christmas. Merry Christmas! Merry but Christmas. it's like, even those games are just like, yeah, you lock in and they're beat like Celtics out of all those. Sure. I'm going tough, tough, tough. I get it. I get it. I get it. But truly, truly this team in wins, I, I, I see, I have a vision and the vision, a beatable path, beatable path. Well, Morgan, when they play well, they could beat anyone. That's for sure. But yeah, it doesn't happen a lot. Um, yeah. It's it's going to be challenging for sure, but the good news is you're at home, and this is a chance for you. They've been playing well at home this year. If there's one good thing this year, it seems like they, they are stringing some things together at home where they've been better on the home floor than they were last year. You just can't have letdowns. Like, they lost to Washington last year around Christmas time. You know, you don't want that to happen, obviously, this year. So, OKC coming up on Thursday, and that's just going to be a tough matchup. I think the one area, though, that the Kings can expose with that team is just Sabonis has a serious advantage inside, right? Like, Chet's going to block some shots, and I'm really high on Chet long-term. I just think OKC's lack of front court size is a problem. The only issue is they have so many other weapons right now. I mean, I... Isaiah Joe can come in and knock down seven threes on you. SGA has been putting up monster numbers, doing some great things defensively. It's a fun team. Really, It fun is. Team. It's a fun team, but, and, and I, I like the way that the Kings competed against them last time. Yeah. I think but you're, you're seeing the way that guys are getting in the paint though, right now in mm -hmm. some of these Kings losses. And I go, 
I mean, that's that's SGA's game. That's that's him in a nutshell. But you're right. Like someone like Domas, you you have to go off. You have to be aggressive. Like Chelsea and I were talking in this post game. We were talking about how we would have even loved for him to have a few more shots. You know, like when when your outside shots aren't hitting, no one else is doing anything like get yours. Do yeah. what you need to do. I agree. I agree. Well, the Kings have another ch chance coming up Thursday against OKC. We'll be live after that game. Duh. The last thing we got to end with tonight, drama between the Warriors and the Suns tonight. And shockingly, I know most people are going to be really stunned by this development. It involves Draymond Green, who in the game got tangled up with Nurk, swings and hits Nurkic in the face. Ah. What did you think of that play? What's your reaction, Morgan Reagan? And the only reason why I'm doing this, these these bright lights, yeah. these studio lights are murdering my eyeballs, okay? okay? Um so I apo I apologize everybody. Um ooh, this is good. So when I heard because I'm in San Francisco right now and I heard Draymond got ejected. Mm -hmm. It was Chelsea's Chelsea Gray's brother that was here. And he's like, Draymond got ejected. I'm like, oh no, who do you yell at? Who do you yell at? What'd he do? And then he's like, no, no, no. He swung. He's going to get like 10 games or, you know, or like, this is not good. And I'm just like, wait, wait, wait. What showed me the play? I was stunned. And I know you're thinking, why are you stunned? We've seen him do so many other things. I am stunned because this is coming off of just being suspended for five games for putting someone in a chokehold on the basketball floor. Well, and this shows you don't give a shit about anyone telling you anything. Well, Morgan, to be fair, uh, Anthony Slater from The Athletic posted this Draymond apologized to Nurkic for it. He said it was unintentional and he was just trying to sell a foul. Dude, the I league, mean, that's like, the league has got to, I, I don't even know what the answer is, right? Because, it, you know, we it, get, it gets to the extreme. Warriors fans tonight, there's probably some going, I mean, this is basketball. It happens. Arms are going everywhere. He didn't mean to. Why would he mean to do that, especially after what I put Gobert? He's not going to go on. And then you have the others who are like, he needs to be banned for life. Like, okay, no. let's let's hey, no. let's take a deep breath together. This is bad though. This is bad. You hit him in the face. This is off the heels of punching your teammate last year, stomping on Sabonis. What happened with Gobert? And now this, he's getting ejected all the time. He's clearly not as good as he used to be. Steve Kerr is benched Clay tonight at the end of the game, and Wiggins he's playing the younger guys. It's a weird transitional period for this team. And they just re-signed Draymond Green to this deal, and this is what's happening. The antics are old. There, there's just no denying it. And the, what's clear to me is he lacks any self-control out there on the floor. He lets his emotions take over, and he can't handle it. And if that's the case, then he needs help. That's it. That is it. Okay, stop right there. That is that is literally the answer. And I am going to tell you this, and I've told this story or about this before. I was 
as a player, a Draymond Green slash DeMarcus Cousins on the floor. I am not proud of it. I hated officials for no reason. And uh, yes, that punch thing swing that you just saw from Draymond Green, I unfortunately had the same type of thing one time during a summer league game where I had the ball, I got slapped on the face, so I I blacked out and I came across and I swung the face with the ball, but with my fist and the ball. So I was trying to make it look like I was swinging the ball through, but really I was throwing a punch. And it hit them. The God. whole team wanted to the, the whole team wanted to jump can, me. Can I you still get ejected. arrested for this? <laughs> no, I just got ejected. See, because this is, I was Draymond Green. I got ejected. Uh... My point is, Deuce, after that, I looked all over for different sort of anger management help I could get. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. I, I was like, yeah, I, what is my problem? I, but Deuce, I wasn't rich. I didn't have the resources, so I couldn't get the help. There is more help than ever. He is so rich. He has all these things like that can be handed to him, but he has to choose to go and do it. And I'm not trying to speculate like that's what he needs to do, but I'm just saying like it's happened so many times like, something's wrong it's happened so many times in his career and it's happening more right it's happening more as he gets older right like sometimes you're young you do things like yourself right yes thank you do some things when you're young you're not proud of maybe you react a certain way but usually what happens is you like to think you get older you get a little wiser you learn a little bit about life and you go like yeah but his competitiveness takes over to a level that he can't contain sometimes and it's demoralizing for a team and here the warriors are losing this game tonight they're scuffling and now they're going to be without him again how long is it going to be last time it was five games i don't know what i mean you you have to think that it it's going to be more this time I, well like i here, what's the answer to it i think in 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 my opinion this last, the, the chokehold, I wasn't even expecting five games. I was yeah. like, ah, two, whatever. I don't even care at this point, right? I was like, it's a chokehold. Everyone's excusing it. That's, you know, a Warriors fan, whatever. This one, I go, I don't even think you are, you are going to give a number based on the hit. I think you are giving a number at this point based on the multiple antics that continue that are dangerous to the game that are a terrible look. It's, it's just, it's getting to the point where it's like, he's saying to Adam silver and the rest of the crew F you, I don't give a shit. It's too bad. It it is. We're going to one day have to talk about him as a hall of famer and like, Truly, there's so many great things that he has done on the floor and with his resume. And I don't feel like like this is going to uh, overshadow everything, but this is going to factor into how we discuss Draymond Green well, and like and dislike for him in his game. What it really does do, in my opinion, is it it <laughs> the Warriors are in a really challenging spot. Clay Thompson has not been the same. 
He's older. The injuries just inconsistent. He has not been good this year. Andrew Wiggins not engaged, not playing well at all this year, and really wasn't much of a factor last year. So this is a long stretch for him, right? Since he was yeah. awesome in the finals against the Celtics. They're young guys. You sometimes they're out there. Sometimes they're not. Steph still does his thing, and then Draymond, who's you know, had some nice moments out there at times this year, mm-hmm. you know, being able to hit the three, you're going, wow, this is weird. He's knocking down oh. threes, but it, you can't trust it. Like you can't trust him. And so when you have all these issues and the clay Thompson contract thing is lingering. Like, I think that's a hundred percent a factor right now where he doesn't know what his future holds. He doesn't know he's going to be back there. Kerr's in the final year of his deal. It's a weird spot right now. And Steph's still doing his thing. But around him, it's pure chaos. Even tonight, seeing Steph Curry like slam the chair in Phoenix, he was pissed. Yeah. You're starting to see things that you didn't normally see. Anyway, Morgan, you need to get back to Sacramento. So thanks for hanging out. Uh, I appreciate all those who hung out tonight. And yeah, we got through this together. It was an ugly one tonight for the Sacramento Kings. Hopefully you enjoy the analogies. Hopefully you enjoy the conversation. We enjoyed it with you. We'll be back in studio together Thursday following Kings and OKC. We love you guys so much, but we got to go. You're all badass for being here. Thank you so much. See ya. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.